My mom told me not to talk to strangers on the internet, but I'm glad I didn't listen. We are the Certified Nunas, your sisters in the love of Asian entertainment. Hi, I'm Amanda. I'm Jesse. I'm Natalia. And I'm Skye. And today we are talking about a new movie that dropped very recently on Netflix, a Chinese film, science fiction film by the name of The Wandering Earth. So we all uh, we all watched it this week and we all have thoughts on this. So if you haven't seen it, you might want to go watch it before listening to the podcast if you're someone who doesn't like spoilers. Um, as a brief background to the film, the film is based on a novel and it's about so the sun is dying and Earth bands together in order to turn the entire planet into essentially a spaceship to travel out of the universe, out of the galaxy, and find a new universe to go live in. Um, but they make a navigational error, let's say, and fly too close to Jupiter, and Jupiter's going to suck them in. So they have to figure out a way to escape Jupiter's orbit, essentially, is the plot of this film, which sounds... <laughs> Ridiculous, but let's be honest, it's no more ridiculous than any other science fiction movie, so. <laughs> it's science fiction, right? Yeah. Like, you have to come like, up you with know, the, something crazy. Yeah, and the point, of, the, point? the point of science fiction isn't even to be like, yeah, the Earth's a spaceship. What, what's important is that it's like, it's human interaction in an inhuman situation. Mm-hmm. So exactly. this, this, all, this all works fine in that sense. It's very, imagine if. And then how do people react to that? Yeah. yeah. It's it's like zombies. Like, that doesn't have to, a zombie film doesn't have to be based on good science. No. The idea is what do people do to get a, away from them around this? How do people band together or turn against each other? Mm-hmm. And it's the same sort of thing in a disaster science fiction, right? Like, how yeah. do people come together or get driven apart? Yeah, with science fiction, it's quite often like, what themes can we discuss aside from the science part? I mean, yeah, Yeah. the science is fun to look at, but you get to explore a lot of stuff aside from the science fiction. It's also because of the unknown, because there's a lot in in, like space and sci-fi that we just don't know. So even if we can be like, yeah, this isn't really real, but how do we actually know that that can't happen at some point or, you know, those things could be our future? What I liked about this, though, is that it didn't go, like, taken out of context, the concept is so ridiculous, but when they're actually showing it in practice in the film, and, like, all of, like, the the vehicles they have, and all of, you know, the just the different science fiction elements all work very nicely and feel very grounded and real in this world that they've created. Mm-hmm. So the world building of this fictional earth was I thought it was quite good I felt like though they had a little bit at the beginning that explained a few things what I liked about the different vehicles or the different Mm -hmm. science elements there was no point in the movie that I felt like we were bogged down in that even Mm -hmm. the plan there are various plans that they had to come up with to execute it was like on the spot this is what we're doing boom we're doing it it wasn't let's talk about this vehicle let's let's worry about the mission for like 
20 minutes and discuss it and argue mm. about it. It was very much like, we don't have time. This is what we're doing. Because they were running out of time. And it was yeah. nice because that did ground everything. It wasn't like, hey, look at the cool <laughs> rover thing. It's they didn't like, no, need to describe it to each other because this was their lives. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, I, and I, I like it when they don't do that because you actually, you can learn from context what things are. And by, like, small interactions, like, you sort of learn mm-hmm. about, you know, the the thingy that he drives. Like, when he's like, yeah. okay, it's grandpa said. Yeah. You gotta, like, sl- slow touch, slow, like, you know, gentle yeah. hands, heavy foot. And, you're, and then, like, you see him, you know, fuck it up. So, like, you <laughs> see how, like, all of, like, everything works together. And through, like, small interactions, you see how, like, the the society works. Like, when he's going to, like, get the thermal suit from the underworld gangster guy and then like the prison guards and everything. You see how everything works without having to be explained how everything works, which is good. I really liked one of the aspects of the world building was the fact that it wasn't just this big Chinese world. Like sometimes when you're watching something like this, it's like, wow, um, Earth suddenly became all Asian or all white or all, you know, and it's like, no, they show very clearly that like all the different communities on Earth still exist. They still are there. There's still a Russian community and there's a Korean contingent and there's, you know, all these different things. And they're all in, they're all intermixed together too. It's like when they speak their language too. Yeah. People, I mean, what I liked, uh, especially when, when you're with like the dad in the space station with the Russian, oh, the Russian, <laughs> is that the Russian speaks Chinese and the dad speaks Russian and then they switch back to their own languages right at the beginning. Yeah. Where, like yeah. to just a very quick little, we understand each other. We've yeah. all learned each other's languages and they all have, and then to like explain how everyone sort of understands each other, they have that little in peace like, translator thing that's just like putting in translator and that's all you needed like okay so everyone can understand each other when the french guy's talking we understand (laughs) chinese i love that though that they all spoke their own languages Mm -hmm. so like you're listening and you're like oh there's english there's french there's korean like you're getting all those different languages they didn't try to make it like oh everybody's speaking the same language or have everybody speak Mandarin, but like pretend that they were actually speaking Russian or or English or something. It was like, no, like everybody speaks their own language, and this is the future. We have translation services. Like, yeah, okay, great. And they again didn't like go into a big deal about explaining about like the high school student wasn't taking like fifteen language courses or you know all <laughs> yeah. that stuff. They just were like, here, this is the world that we live in now. So bam, it's like mm-hmm. this. And I like that. It was also great that, like, every time you saw, like, a different country or it wasn't American, too, that was really great. There was, like, just a, like, wide, like, aspect of every single one, which is, like, also really great because I feel like if it it wasn't Asian, the default would be to be Mm. a white person. So it was really nice being able to kind of see different people. And even when they didn't have a full conversation in their native language they still spoke a couple words so even they even allowed just a couple of words in there Mm. 
spoken language. Yeah. I also have to admit, I kind of, though he was kind of the most annoying character, I did kind of enjoy the Australian Chinese kid <laughs> who's like, I'm a Sino Australian collaboration. I was like, ah, ha, ha, ha. Uh, well, I'm full oh, Chinese. Like, why do you have a white person or whatever? Why do you have a foreigner? And he's like, I'm not a foreigner. I'm Chinese. <laughs> and people are like, my okay, mom's son. Chinese and my dad's Australian. Hello. <laughs> There, when they uh, peeked at the South Korean contingent just for like two seconds, what I appreciated about that, I was kind of, I thought about it a little bit. I was surprised it wasn't North Korean. Like, mm-hmm. it was very definitely a South Korean flag and stuff. I was like, Chinese, they chose to not go the North Korean route with that. I was kind of intrigued. Mm-hmm. Well, I, they probably got away with it, is the word I'm going to, the expression I'm going to use. Because uh, <laughs> since it was so short... It probably passed by the censors without well, anything. And, and maybe it is. It might be more difficult to include North Korean stuff, actually. Yeah. Probably more rules. It's like, to be honest, in this world, North Korea wouldn't exist as North Korea anymore. That's right. true. Yeah. In the world building that exists, North Korea doesn't have a place to exist because it just wouldn't make any sense in the context of this world that they've built. Yeah, especially because it wasn't everybody who got to survive. There was like a lotto system of yeah. people who got to go, you know, underneath and, and be there when they like decided to take Earth out of orbit. So, like, everybody already has, like, a, a percentage of their population already gone, just in general. What I also liked is they didn't focus on that too much. I mean, they explained it a little bit, and then they moved on. It's not that we had to see all of the grief of that. No. Yeah, we didn't need to have, you like, only, 20 you only minutes see, of the movie. Yeah, you only needed to see one person's grief of it, which was the main character losing his mother, to understand all of the grief of it. Because right. that's... We don't need, you know, that's not the point of the story wasn't depression. It also translated a lot, like, it helped kind of grasp the, like, situation that they were in. And, like, these are the things that just have to be, like, it's it's either that or every single person dies. So, there's, like, we can't stop to think about that because there's just no other option. Mm. Yeah. I, the, um, sort of, uh, thought the memory montage of that like the grandfather had of adopting the granddaughter like of that big you know being in the rescue services and how you know stuff went bad when they started moving out of orbit and there were tsunamis and he rescued the baby and um again like it was a short scene but it shows you some of that grief like you were saying some of the the disaster some of that backstory without it being the focus without mm. that being what the whole movie is about. And it's like, that's sad. And now we have to run again because stuff is happening and things are exploding and let's, let's get moving. Yeah. So it was nice that they never hung out too long in the, in the grief, in the disaster. It was like, well, they didn't, they had a, there, ticking, they like had a ticking time bomb. They had a timeline they needed to follow. Yeah. They don't have time like, to be in grief. They got to go. They got to yeah. go or they're screwed. So, And time had also passed quite a mm-hmm. bit too. So, yeah. you know, there was the distance of 17 years or whatever. So that added to it. What I find interesting in sort of a hmm, suspicious sort of way is that this was, this was like a very big popular movie in China. So Netflix buys the rights and then... 
you would think that they would then be like, woo, look at this movie we got. Nothing. Didn't hear a peep about no. it. I was searching for it. It wasn't even the first, like, yeah, suspicious. The only way I could actually find it with English is if I put wand. I had to put literally W-A-N-D. And that's when it came up. But if you started to fill in the rest of the world, it's not there. Like, you just could not put it in. I think that's really... Suspicious. It's yes. suspicious. Especially since it was very good. Mm-hmm. So good. Like, you would it's think very this well sort, done. This is the sort of, like, movie that a lot of people would enjoy. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I'm very big on Netflix, I could see. Because, like, you know, they put up sci-fi movies all the time that are Netflix originals or whatever that are quite good, and, like, I always enjoy them. And they have, like, cross-appeal. Because science fiction is sort of a genre that has a lot of appeal to a lot of different people. So Mm -hmm. it's it's a little confusing as to why this one is the one that they're choosing not... Because it's so well done. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. I read a couple of articles, not a lot, so, like, don't Mm -hmm. quote me on anything, but, like... (laughs) A lot of people, because it was, if you s- just search this right now on Google, like, almost every single person is commenting about that. They're like, this is one of the biggest sci-fi mm-hmm. movies you're going to be able to see. And Netflix bought it, and nobody's talking about it. Yeah. And, not, and Netflix isn't talking about it. And there were right. a lot of people who were talking about the fact that America wasn't the one to solve the crisis of the of the yeah. sun it was every other country and like specifically china in the movie uh, and they could see where that might influence some people's like opinions yeah, on them but like but like it's going to happen anyways <laughs> like yeah like i i don't see how like people can expect that america is always going to be the hero of every story, especially when it's not an American movie. Like, expect that, like, <laughs> we're all like, gonna be that way. Like, just, yeah. just do the, the promos just, for it. It doesn't yeah. cost you that much money. Like, you already have the rights to the movie, so you could, like, push yeah, out the, the trailers like. on all of your social media and just see. It's not gonna, like, it's yeah. not like you have to pay to watch that specific movie on Netflix. Like, yeah. if someone doesn't want to watch it, they're not gonna watch it. But if they don't know it's there, how how do you they know, know they that they're not going to want to watch it? Like, I don't understand how, with all of our current viewing, this, like, the algorithm on Netflix didn't pop that up in the, in right. the notifications. In yeah. the, you might like section. Because, because like, this is hello? clearly an intersection of everything that I am about as a person. I watch <laughs> science fiction, fantasy, and Asian everything. So... This literally has everything that I'm looking for in yeah. a show and or a movie, and it's not being recommended. So if there's something that should have popped up as that main trailer at the top of Netflix for you, it should have been should've this been. movie. Mm-hmm. Especially Absolutely. based on the popularity of it. It's not like it was this tiny nothing no. movie. It was huge. One of the things that I noticed when looking up um, like reviews on my drama list and stuff like that, um, there's a lot of commentary about the communist propaganda, that the whole movie is communist propaganda. And you I know, didn't so I can see why that would maybe color the thinking. But except, except that the it, only like, the communist concept is the whole world comes together. Like that's, 
That's not even a communist concept. That's just like a science fiction concept. Like, what is the movie? Is the movie Titan AE also? <laughs> yeah, this movie is very formulatic. Like, you yeah. knew what was going to happen. You knew that the death was going to happen in the middle of the movie. You knew, like, who was going to die. Like, it was very easy to track this movie because it was like it's every other sci fi movie. Science fiction disaster movie. Like, I don't. But you know what? The only time that I encountered communist propaganda in this film was reading reviews of this film <laughs> in which the reviews seemed suspiciously pro-China. Not in like a, like, yeah. oh, Chinese cinema is great, but in a China is the greatest country in the world and all other countries are terrible compared to China. And I'm like, that's not what this movie's about. This movie goes <laughs> on now. But like, yeah. It, yeah. And and I also want to point out on Netflix, when I added it to my list, it did not put it at the beginning of my list. It hit it in the middle of my list. It's like Netflix actively did not want me to watch this movie. Why would you That's pay so money for something? so strange. It's so uh, strange. I did like, you know, saying about how it, it follows a lot of the science fiction tropes and everything. Like, like you were saying, how you could pick out this person's going to die and this is going to... One of the things I liked that they didn't do was there was no romance line. No, I know that that girl sure from the that, rescue yeah. team shows up and you're like, here we go. Yeah, I, I didn't do it. I was like, oh, no. I thought there was going to be a romance line between when you finally found out that the girl wasn't his actual sister and it was just like not blood related, just grew up with him. For sure thought there well, was going to be a romance, until, especially until at the like- end. 15 minutes into, like, up until, like, 20 minutes into the movie, I didn't realize she was his sister. Oh, yeah, yeah I me thought, either. I thought that he was oh, watching she... out. I, like, missed something. I must have just missed a He's... subtitle or something. They s- said a couple times, like, he Well, I definitely, like, that. missed it. But I was like, oh, okay, he's busting his girlfriend out of class to go on a joyride with him. But then I was like, no, wait, that's, <laughs> wait a second. <laughs> no, I missed something. That's not what's happening. No, I like that too. And it had like real what I liked about the one girl on the rescue team is that it could have been a guy and her role wouldn't have changed at all. Like any of those characters could have been male or female and it would make it was a very alien rules if you if you know what Although, I mean. Like by the movie Alien where they didn't I did think the, the aspect where like at one point she uh she shoots out the the trigger because she's like, no, we're just done now. We're not we're not risking more lives for something that's pointless and stupid. We're we're just done. Yeah. And I kind of thought that was a a sort of female moment where like the guy was going, we're just gonna keep on going. It doesn't matter if everybody dies, and this is a completely hopeless thing. We're just gonna do it anyway. And she was like, no, we're out. Like this is this is let's just, just let's just enjoy our last moments together. It's, a, yeah. it's at least a more emotional human response to be like, yeah. uh no. <laughs> and uh, I really did also enjoy how the return of how <laughs> otherwise known as Moss. <laughs> the return of Moss. I was like, oh, oh killer robot, yes, <laughs> yes, Moss. Really? The line where well, he's like, then, Moss, that's like manslaughter. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, oh, you're killing people. And he's like, well, they're all going to die anyway. So yeah. <laughs> whatever. Whatever. And he looked so similar, too. Like, as yeah, far it was as like, it was like, like, like an homage to hell. Yeah. Like, when the dad, I mean, it's, it, 
the context of this film also is that it all takes place on Chinese New Year. Like it's yes. one day and it's Chinese New Year. So yeah. like the dad gives the Independence Day speech. Like no, what, what I love about it even follows even follows like the you know, it was his last day before retirement. <laughs> no, we got that celebration. <laughs> that, such a typical like, oh, like he was just about to go see his family again, but <laughs> like nope. it was just such a good like <laughs> following every single cinematic <laughs> trope possibly can yeah. but it was like enjoyable like i sometimes you like watching things that you know what's happening like you know what's gonna happen and this is the sort of movie that despite the fact that you know how it's gonna end and you know what's happening you enjoyed it anyway I like you know when they start the plan to like finally blow up Jupiter's atmosphere or whatever, that everything that can go wrong will go wrong and it'll come down to like the last minute, like down to the wire. Like And everybody has to band together as a group to help out. Like so but it's still fun to watch anyway. I I did find it a little stressful in the beginning because watching an Asian drama, sometimes they turn on you, right? Sometimes the end goes weird. So I was like is this going to be the everything turns out okay in the end story or are they going to all die tragically and horribly and like make this a pointless film? And it's a happy ending, guys. Sort of. <laughs> there and there, uh, it all, all, all it well but ends well. And well, ends bittersweet, happy. Yeah. A lot of people still die. <laughs> like, don't get well, us wrong. And Mickey I'm being set up as like, and here we go. Like, here's the plan for the next like, 3,000 years, guys. Like, yeah, yeah it's like generations. They're yeah, playing the like, long game right now. <laughs> watch all the sequels. Like, please give me every single sequel. Yeah. Like, when they first encounter aliens and when they're trying to stop at the end and, like, you know. Stuff goes wrong. Entirely different cast every time. Although maybe you don't because you believe in reincarnation. So maybe you have the same actors all the time. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I would watch five more of these, like, at various stages in their 3,000-year journeys. I wish I had gotten to see it in theaters, because there's a lot of this, the graphics on it, that just kind of demand this, that, you know, mm. viewing of it. So that was kind of the not fun part about it, you know, only being able to see it on Netflix. Definitely. Like, this is a big screen production, for sure. Yeah. I liked how, just kind of change the topic, but um, I'm not sure that there are all that many science fiction disaster type movies that whenever someone dies at the very end, they kind of got a bit of narration, kind of like their hope for the future type thing. I really liked that. Like, Mm -hmm. even in a really sad moment, it would kind of be like, not just their last thought, but kind of like the hope that they were trying to put forward to the next people that were still around. And I thought that was pretty cool. I did like that, like, that was kind of the the perspective. There was a, I guess if you want to go into, like, communist propaganda, that whole concept of, like, the whole over the individual is very mm-hmm. prevalent throughout this. The, the idea, you know, when the two astronauts are talking, they're like, it doesn't even matter if we die. If we save them, our children are on the planet. If we save the planet, it's fine because we go on through them and there's very much that perspective like the grandfather is like 
as long as you look after your sister, I've done my job. The dad's like, as long as you guys go on, I've done my job. And like just repeatedly throughout, there's that aspect of like the guy in charge of the rescue mission. As long as you guys, you know, get this done, I got my job done. That was the point. Whether I'm alive or not at the end doesn't matter because everybody else has a shot at living. Also, the kid who played the main character, what a cutie. What a little cutie. So cute. <laughs> this is one of Finch's little face. So cute. He filled, he filled me with a strange motherly love for him. <laughs> he just needed a hug. Like, that kid just needed a hug that whole movie. I know. He just needed yeah. a hug. He was having the worst day ever. <laughs> needed a hug. <laughs> yep. He kind of just got forced into it. He just, you know, then, he just I wanted to just roam around. And yeah, he, just, he like, steal things. He just wanted to show his sister the surface. Mm-hmm. Feel a little bit of freedom. He knew his dad was coming home soon, like, finally. Yeah, was, and he had, his last only has, like, you know, memories of him when he was really young. And then things just happened. Yeah. <laughs> what I liked about his character is that there's, like, a point where he could give up. And it was, like, everyone told him, like, okay, we're done. And then, despite the fact that in the entire, he seems like a disaffected youth mm-hmm. the whole time, in that moment, he's like, nah, son. <laughs> Put this friggin' mic. My grandpa just died. We might all die. I'm never gonna see my dad again, even though I hated him. But, like, I didn't really hate him. You know? Like, it was like, <laughs> yeah. hating his dad. But he missed his dad, really. And then he's like, nah. Gonna put that car key pass thing in and we're gonna just we're just gonna fucking go we're just gonna do what we can even if everyone tells us to stop i actually just looked up the novel like the differences between the novel in the novel very different from Hmm. from the book from the sorry not not the book (laughs) the movie (laughs) i'm talking about in the movie they actually the jupiter is the big problem but in the book they pass Jupiter fine, but the problem is that there's a bunch of protesters on Earth who think the sun was never going to screw up, and this was useless. So they're all protesting against, why did we even leave? Like, none of this is happening, but then it happens. Mm-hmm. But they're safely, they've been safely. That sounds like an interesting book, though. Yeah, it does. Yeah. I was looking up this this author's, just briefly, uh, like, other works, and they all sound super fascinating. He's, like, apparently... China's like most celebrated science fiction writer. But a lot of the stuff like when I'm reading like the synopsis of a lot of his work, I'm sort of wondering like how did he get away with writing some of this? Yeah. When yeah. awards like in his most famous book series is a trilogy called The Three-Body Problem. Well, it's not it's called The Remembrance of Earth's Past, but like most famous one is the first one called The Three-Body Problem, so it's often called that. And the book literally starts out with his father being beaten to death by the Chinese government and him being forced to join, like, a, a labor camp wow. in Mongolia. And, ooh, and then she writes, like she writes a book of policy of suggestions and she gets charged with sedition. 
and betrayed by a journalist who's working for the government. I'm just like, whoa, how did he get away with it? This guy's got balls. <laughs> That's like the opposite of communist propaganda. No. It makes you think about probably how they had how much they had to workshop this original novel for the Wondering Earth. Like, well, that, that, this, this is other this is his other novel. I know, but I'm talking about yeah. if the other one was centered on protesters and all this other stuff. Think about all the yeah. things that they had to retool in order to, yeah, to make it exciting and try to keep some of the spirit mm. probably similar, hopefully. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's pretty interesting. So yeah, the people that are way about it being communist propaganda. Hmm. And maybe, I mean, the movie maybe more so than the book because they had to, like you said, like retool and stuff in order to maybe get past some censors, right? Like having protesting against the government be your thing seems a little much, maybe. (laughs) I like the Jupiter plot line. It's, again, the science might not be good. But the visuals were great. Yeah. I liked it. I mean. I enjoyed it. It's, it's not real. So, like. Yeah. It's not hard to suspend your disbelief on it. That that's what's happening. And just, like, watch the movie for entertainment. Because that's what the movie was made for. Like, <laughs> not like a, a manual for <laughs> to teach in schools. Also, I, I think there were things that had a little bit of a Western twist on it, in my opinion. Like. The fact that even though the astronaut dad character, you know, of course, sacrificed himself, yada, yada, he very purposefully made sure that all of his crewmates that were still in hibernation weren't involved in that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a very individ- individualistic choice. And he yeah. even gave, like, his Russian buddy the opportunity to, like, not be involved. And the Russian <laughs> guy was like, fuck, no, I'm... I'm in this with you, friend. <laughs> like, if we, if we, you know, the three musketeers rules. <laughs> We've been doing this for 15 years. Yeah. Finish it. So I thought that was yeah. really interesting, like, because I think if you stayed in that very squarely Eastern mindset of, you know, they would have been fine just sacrificing the entire crew of the mm-hmm. space station. But, yeah. you know, they well, I mean, the uh, government was fine with just sacrificing all of Earth just to like <laughs> let them go. So yeah. that's fine. We got a reseeding system. It's fine. It's fine. Like <laughs> what are you gonna reseed? Where are you going? Like <laughs> what's this plan? We're gonna reseed the population of some other planet that we don't even know exists yet. Like if that was the plan, why wouldn't the plan be, hey, let's send everybody off to this other Earth-like planet, which is a very common trope in yeah. science fiction. But no, they're sending all of Earth because there is no other planet like Earth. <laughs> I just don't really get that whole, that arc concept. Like, why wouldn't that be? Or why isn't that the second plan? Like, why aren't they doing that also? Why didn't they send mm-hmm. the arc off to this other planet as well as trying to rescue everybody on Earth. I didn't quite grasp that concept. Like, here's the backup plan. Backup for what? <laughs> I see though, I, I have to I have to put in a little opinion. I think it was a fake backup plan. Mm. You know, like sometimes in these sorts of stories you find out that like that was there was never another planet. 
Like there was never yeah. actually a backup mm-hmm. plan. This was just to keep people like feeling like they have some hope. But, yeah, or uh, as, alive as long as possible. Like this was like the way to keep going, but it might have a finite end. I'm just still so amazed at this guy. This I'm still just sort of gently browsing his Wikipedia, <laughs> and I'm like I'm like amazed that yeah. this guy is still hasn't been disappeared. <laughs> like in in the theme of his works as a technophilic leo jixin uh describes in his novels that his planets have been destroyed and reshaped over and over again human beings struggled under his gaze trying to find the last hope in his rational thinking you smashed the warm dreams that some people are used to in the three-body problem common sense and logic are either invalid or distorted in his novels however i have to admit that his unique enthusiasm for technical madness has an extraordinary appeal more importantly his wild imagination may touch the core of secret of human this the core secret of human beings by mistake it is the first time for leo to describe the scene of the human end in the three body this time he wholly immersed into the doomsday scene <laughs> realizing the profoundness of human tragedy like that that normally isn't china's theme you know what i mean <laughs> like that, that ain't it's, normally their uh, their jam does it say whether uh like are his works available in english translations or? Uh, they are um, but mostly the the Three Body Problem trilogy, which is his most mm. famous, and I actually am currently purchasing a copy of it for to read on my phone because I am intrigued. So it's the Three Body Problem followed by the Dark Forest followed by Death's End. Gosh, <laughs> very dark, very dark. Um, yeah, no, like I I really enjoyed the movie. Me I think too. it was like it was fun. It was a fun but sad, profound little movie. It's a sci-fi movie. I'm definitely going to recommend it, uh, like, not for my youngest son, but my my middle child, um, Mm. and I think my oldest, would definitely enjoy it. My husband would enjoy it. Like, Mm -hmm. this is, like, it's a pretty reasonable family watch, I would say. Yeah, there's there's nothing objectionable in it. But if you watch, like, Marvel movies and stuff with your kids, this would probably be okay too obviously not the ones that can't read because you're gonna have some issues subtitle wise but you know the ones i already read the subtitles i already told my sister to watch it she was like oh thank you i'm looking for a new thing to watch so we'll see what she thinks but i think she'll probably like it because she likes the same sort of stuff i do so it's definitely one of those movies that i'm going to be sharing on like my personal facebook yeah because i think a lot of people will like it and especially the knowledge of Netflix not really pushing it. And if you aren't, you know, we knew before it even was like going to come out that it was going to be there, but like we're in a little niche that would know that. And maybe you might know it if you're a super heavy sci-fi fan, but like for those people, that big group in the middle that won't know it, like yeah. someone needs to guide them because I feel I do feel like a lot of people would really enjoy this mm. movie. Like it just seems like a, everybody's gonna enjoy it if you like this type of like disaster sci-fi movie. Yeah, like, it's like a pretty legit movie that like everybody could watch, you know, on the weekends. So yeah. this mm-hmm. is this is our second project. Our first one was hashtag stand Mar- Stan Marmello, right? And so yeah, this one yeah. is hashtag watch wandering earth. Yeah. Yeah. Stop sleeping on things that aren't in English. 
Yeah. <laughs> like, I guess it's so confusing. But another thing that I saw in reviews, which I did not see reflected in the film, was people saying that the CGI was bad. And I was I like, in, it was really in what awesome. world? I thought it was great. Like, I, I was, was like, watching and thinking that, like, while watching, yeah. thinking, wow, the special effects in this are really good. Yeah, Until, like, like, there was one that I went, yeah, right at the like, end. Right at the end, there was like just a little. But like, I thought it was really well done. Like just scary. as good as like any sci-fi thing you'd see here. Yep. I don't know. I don't know. People be tripping. They have like things that are way too high. Yeah, know. people should not expect any romance either. Like if that's no, no, no. There there ain't even a touch of romance. There's love, but it's like fatherly love yes. and the love of like familial humanity. Yes, yeah. familial love, friendship, found family, yeah. that sort of thing. Like, um, I like that. Um, like at the end, you you see like a growth arc with the like with Tim, the dorky white guy. Like he's yes! like selfish in the beginning, but like in the end, he's like. Well, I'll just jump to my death to save your life. Okay. Well, yeah, I mean, he doesn't exactly. die, but, like, you know, he's willing to make that sacrifice at, by the end. And it's, like, yeah. that's nice. If, that's nice if you can give that nice. guy a character arc, like, in a movie that is not centered on that guy. Like, everyone got a little character arc. They did. Well, like, everyone. Like, even if they were just, like, a little big character. They got their they got their time to shine. Even the gangster had a character arc, for God's sake. Yeah. He was a- <laughs> Treated as whole human beings, not you know three dimensional, not two dimensional, just sort of fill-ins. Like they all had, you could you you discovered everyone's like aspirations, their their personalities by very small interactions. So I think that was very successful in that in that sense as well. You know, I, I give it a solid nine out of ten, man. Yeah, it's, it was a good movie. It's good, it's just fun to yeah, watch, yeah. and it does. I will say this. It does start off a little slow. Like the first maybe 15 minutes or so is a lot of setup. And, yeah. Um, and you I also just don't like, know where it's going to go. Oh, well. It's like and then all of a sudden it's moving and you're like, wow, yeah. what's going on? Just like, it's like necessary setup because like if this first 15 minutes of like just background information did not exist, you'd be like, what the hell is going on in this movie? Like what is going what is happening? So you need the dad to be like, okay, I'm going up. The earth, the sun's gonna explode or whatever. Like we're we're gonna take off, so I won't see ya. You gotta take my kid underground. These underground cities is only room for two. Um, it's gonna be okay. Earth is gonna die, but we're gonna be fine. We're gonna move Earth governments together. Great. Okay. And then and then he steals the he steals the badge, and then we're we're off. We're off. We're we're moving. And you also have to get through the, you know, like, oh, it's your final day. Like, as soon as a character is like, oh, it's my last day, I'm like, mm, he gonna no. die. No. <laughs> yeah, it's it's your last day before retirement. That's right, retirement from, from life. life. <laughs> so definitely, people are used to sci-fi movies. They should be used to at least some explanation. I still don't think it was near heavy-handed. Yes, it was slower than the rest of the movie. Yeah. You kind of need it. You just like jump into a story. Like you need to 
Especially one that requires such intensive world building as this one did. Like, you can't just... It's not like a zombie movie where you can just jump right into the zombies, right? Like, yeah, you can do that in a zombie movie because you don't... I don't even think they usually do that. I think there's usually still a setup with those movies. Like, like, just like... But, like, a little short one. But, like, like, for example, like, Day of the Dead, which was, like, the first... Or Night of the Living Dead, sorry. They just jumped right into into zombies. And it was fine because you didn't actually need any world building for that because it's just, like, zombies. Okay. We're cool. But in this one, you have to because the world is completely different. It's not even like things are happening, but it's still the same Earth. Like, literally everything about what's happening is not what we are experiencing now. Yeah, it's not like something like The Day After Tomorrow or Armageddon where it's this world and what's happening. This is the story of what happens 20 years after The Day After Tomorrow or you know, or Armageddon or whatever. It's okay. It's not, yeah. it's like not our having, world under crisis. It's a completely different world. Like not, not having this like first 15 minutes of explanation would be like watching Snowpiercer and not explaining why they're on a train. <laughs> you know what I mean, like you need it. You need the explanation there for everything else to make any yeah. sense. Yeah. As opposed to like Train to Busan, where it's like you don't need it. Rabbit deer comes out of nowhere, bites somebody, and bam, here we That's go. That's all. Zombies. <laughs> zombies. I'm telling you, it was I got it. Zombies are so easy. <laughs> yeah, zombies. Are just like you don't need to explain the why or how of zombies. It's just they're they're just yeah. they exist. Well, and <laughs> we like, don't need to explain how now. or anything why they exist. That doesn't matter. What matters is they want to beat your face. <laughs> <laughs> Psychokinesis with, like, the meteorite coming from outer space and, like, yeah. poisoning the water for a minute and giving him special powers. That's all you need. It doesn't matter. The science doesn't matter. Yeah. Where this meteorite came from doesn't matter. It just matters that he has powers now and go. Like, <laughs> In this case, the science matters a little. A little. You need to know how. Because, like, the failure in the science or the technology is what the story is about, like what the plot is. Mm -hmm. You need to know how the earth moves and why it's moving. Like, it's not like people were just like, ah, we don't like this one, the solar system anymore. Let's just, uh, (laughs) peace. Let's just back up and go away. (laughs) I think there is a percentage of people out there that are sci-fi fans that they like the hard science. And I'm not, that's fine. Great. And there could be a whole movie out there where it's hard science and it's, it is just plot as far Mm. as, you know, the mechanics of whatever. But no, this is, this is about the people. This is more of a character driven thing. My thing is, um, when you see people who say like, I'm a big science fiction fan, but the science on this is sketchy. And you're like, are you a sci-fi fan? Science doesn't really matter. I love Armageddon, but the science on this one is not good. Mm, the science on Armageddon is not great, folks. Mm, like, yeah. Your racism is showing. Like, <laughs> strange yeah. that you never say this about science fiction film starring white people. Curious. Curious. Mm. No. Like, in science fiction, I think that, like, in most science fiction, it would be fair, fair to say that the science doesn't actually matter. Because it's yeah. not about science and technology, it's about people in an, facing the other. People countering the other. And in this case, the other is not other people, but 
other creatures, other realities, other technology that doesn't exist. So it doesn't matter if the science is actually accurate science. Like not the point of the movie. No, it matters whether the science is accurate to the world they've created. Like, and I think they did a great job of that. Like keeping everything in the world working the way it's supposed to. Mm -hmm. It's like if you're writing a fantasy story with wizards or something. How magic works. Magic isn't real, so you can make it work whichever way you want, but it has to work in a consistent manner with itself within your story. You can't just suddenly change rules with things. So as long as if you're like in a science fiction thing and the rules of the fake science they've created work, then you're fine. And the rules yeah. in this work for this fake world. I think it's going to be a great uh, gateway movie, just like Train to Busan is a great yeah, gateway like movie for people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nice when this stuff shows up on Netflix because then you can you can be like telling your friends who are not into mm-hmm. in the Asian drama community to be like, this movie is amazing. You should watch it. Like, yeah, without having to send them to sketchy sites or yeah. even like Vicky to be like sign, sign them into your Vicky account. You yeah. Netflix. I know you have Netflix. And you know, like, 30 people who have Netflix, yeah, I too, literally that could watch don't it. Know, I don't know a person, personally, who doesn't have Netflix. Is an excellent science fiction movie. <laughs> and I can safely say, all four of us, despite our very divergent tastes in film and stuff, all enjoyed it and found things to like about it. We're all a little mystified as to why it's not being advertised more heavily when other things of lesser quality... Netflix originals are not. So, hashtag watch Wandering Earth. It's quite good and on Netflix and delightful. So, treat yourself to a nice evening of science fiction delight, pop some popcorn, get a nice nice cup of something, whatever you like drinking, and uh, have yourself a good old two hours watching a yep. nice sci-fi romp. So, I get 9 out of 10 from Natalia. I don't know what other people would rate it, but... Yeah. Probably about that. Around there. Solid eight, eight, eight anyway. and a half. Like it. Yeah. yeah. It's not perfect, but nothing in this world is except for the drama circle. So. <laughs> <laughs> Which you cannot find legally anywhere. So do not ask. <laughs> Life is cruel, but uh, whatever. It's fine. It's fine. Well, this is another exciting and fun episode of the Certified Nudas where we talk the movie The Wandering Earth, which we all give a recommendation for. If you want to listen to us more, we are now on Stitcher. That's new, and we're on all the places that we're always on, so I won't go through them. Um, we have a coffee now, so if you want to throw us a few bucks to keep us in business, that would be super recommended. We have some fun stuff planned for the future um, with extra fun stuff for people who do contribute to the coffee so uh there'll be links down below for all of that and uh from one nuna to another or you know opa we don't we like them all or the non-binary folk we also appreciate you uh we hope you have a wonderful week and keep on listening bye bye, bye.